Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Welcome to today's podcast. It was back in 1992 at the ripe old age of 21 that today's guest began his real estate apprenticeship in the rental market in the inner northern suburbs of Melbourne. And it was actually Barry Plant himself who uh, recognised the talent and handpicked him and recruited our guest into a role that saw him rise through the ranks to becoming one of the, uh, I guess, you know, one of the go-to real estate owners in, uh, in, in Victoria and, and, and Melbourne and became a director of the most successful office in Victoria for Barry Plant. Having set the benchmark for sales and management records across Melbourne's eastern suburbs, James is now a director of three RT Edgar offices and, and, and a highly accomplished and respected auctioneer, a sought-after industry trainer, a skilled negotiator, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest, James Hadzolas from RT Edgar, a generally all-round amazing and phenomenal human being. Um, welcome, James. How are you? Very well, Steph. Thanks for having me, Much appreciate uh, Very good to have you here. And welcome to the uh, Business Benchmark Group, Great Australian Stories podcasting series. And um, in fairness, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter what you do. It's how you do it as to why we choose the, uh, the guests as part of our um, Great Australian Stories. I mean, you, you are passionate, you are committed, you are 100% invested in your trade, James. And having known you for a long time, um, you, are, you are certainly a go-to person in your industry. In saying that, though, um, we always start with the same question, James. Um, what has been your biggest roadblock in business or life and how did you overcome it? Great question. Um... I reckon the biggest roadblock I think I've had over the years, especially in my early days, was fear of failure um, and fearing or caring too much about people's opinions, you know, over the journey. And I think I can only talk about myself and my journey. Uh, and I'm sure after speaking to several other people along the, uh, you know, throughout the years, many people seem to suffer the same thing. I think the only way to overcome fear of failure is to get out there and just give it a go. I think for me personally, Steph, I feared things going wrong. It had to be perfect before I could do anything. And the reality is that perfection just doesn't exist. It's just, it's in your own mind. So I had to learn to overcome that. And I think not caring about people, people's opinions. I think, um, you know, again, we get caught up in this social world that people care too much about what people think. And uh, over time, uh, in particular, the last four years, which I'm sure we'll touch on down the track in these questions, um, having time to set aside when I sold my previous business, uh, that, that reinforced that thought once again, that I just, I don't care what people think. And when, when I say I don't care what people think, other than my social circle around me and my, what I'll call my, my inner tribe, the people that do look out for me personally, I care about their opinions deeply, but I'm talking about the general public or people's opinions and that, that doesn't, doesn't distract me. So I stay focused now on my game. And I guess, you know, looking out for trends and if there's something that seems like a trend as it relates to opinions, I think it's important to be sort of um, conscious to that. But I agree. I mean, you know, when you when you sort of go on a path and you you, you grow into what is your, um, your your subject matter expertise, when you when you are working on your style and your delivery, I think it's important that you stay focused on what's working. 
be aware if something's not, but most importantly, what are your strengths and how do you continue to grow them? So great, um, great response there, James. Uh, for those listening who don't know you, um, tell yeah. us a snapshot of, of, of you and what a day in the life of you looks like. <laughs> um, a day in life of me. Well, look, I, I, I tend to start my day fairly, well, I say fairly early. I think now with this new COVID situation, everybody working from home, you know, we're not working the same hours we were traditionally in the office. So I try to get up by about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Um, I obviously feed my two dogs. Um, if we're going to go off for, for the point of detail, um, read the news, have some breakfast, go for a run. I try to go for at least five to 6K run every day, um, weather pending. Um, and then I come back and have a shower and then hit my, uh, hit my to-do list. I mean, I work to a to-do list every day. Um, I have a list of, of things that I need to do. Um, clients who I need to call, whether it be, you know, past clients, current clients, whatever it is. Uh, and I balance my day out fairly, fairly well. Um, so I don't go hard too early, but I do sort of spread that out right across the day. I spend time with the kids when they come home from school. Um, after 3.30, I spend about an hour with them. And then, um, you know, obviously get back to it again for another couple of hours. Um, again, contacting my clients and building those relationships. Because again, whilst we've been in lockdown, it's been a very, very different landscape for most businesses. Uh, we, know, we were restricted as to what we could do. So that time I spent traditionally just building those relationships. Our, our business, like most businesses, Steph, is relationship-based. Um, but again, like I said, I try to categorize my, 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 my day in terms of what I'm going to be doing, who I'm going to be calling and, uh, and work to that, uh, to that uh, agenda. And, and, and in saying that, I guess, you know, COVID has definitely presented many of us a, uh, a new way, a different way, a forced way of doing business, building structures. Um, you know, there's a lot more, um, no different in your team, my team's, you know, very much working from a virtual setting. So therefore, you know, the, the adult to adult trust um, not only for myself and doing the work I am expected to do, but, you know, those around us and as a leader, um, how much of your time is invested on a daily basis, James, on not only external leadership to to prospects and relationships that may become a, a, a client and or a referral, but what about internal structure in terms of internal uh, leadership? How, how is your day or week structured as it relates to that? Okay. Um, again, great question. Um, Steph, you've known me for a long time. So I think for me personally, culture is critical. And especially now more than ever, because, you know, we don't have that sort of that touchy-feely sort of situation where I can walk up to one of my guys and, and, and sort of pat them on the shoulder and say, great job. Um, I, I have a team huddle every Monday um, with one particular, with our Manningham office, and we've got a team huddle on Tuesday with our Burundara office. Um, so it's important to stay connected um, every, every single, you know, every single week, but more importantly, we stay connected daily. So we report on our KPIs, what we're chasing for the week, what, you know, what opportunities are coming up in the, in the, in the coming days. Um, but I try to keep that, you know, that, um, that connection with the staff as, as, as human as possible. You know, I think there's enough pressure as there is in life as there is right now. They don't need some leader or manager putting pressure on people, uh, meaning unnecessary pressure on people. So I want them to know that I'm there for them. I stay connected with them. Like I said, I talk to my guys and girls literally every day, uh, maybe twice a day, um, and just keep that connection going. Um, I think as leaders, we have to be there for not only our salespeople in our line of work, but also our admin crew as well, because they play a very, very important part of our business, because without them, the sales guys can't operate. I always call it like the F1 team. The, the, the pit crew can't operate without a driver, and the driver can't operate without its pit crew. 
Yeah, beautiful. Great. So one to two times a day, just keeping the rhythm, keeping the momentum, showing them the energy factor. And the energy. The energy is critical. Um, Because they can feel, so if they can feel your energy, even if it's via screen, when if I sat here with you and said, oh, I'm really excited to be here today, Steve, or Steph, you know, can you tell? You know, as opposed to, as opposed to, they don't want to sort of feel that energy in you that you're excited to go, you've got the day planned out, um, you're chasing potential prospects, and that the speed at which I operate my, my, my huddles with is what keeps the energy alive and keeps the energy quite high. Yeah, well done, mate. I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate and believer in energy as well. And, and, and again, no different to you, I can read it, I can smell it within two seconds, whether it's a, a boardroom I'm running or a, or a team meeting on a Monday morning, I can tell exactly what the energy in the room and to a certain degree, what the next uh, three, four days are going to be like as it relates to energy. So what has been your number one biggest learning in, in business and or life and how has it helped shape you and your business? What is your number one biggest learning? Oh, man, there's so many, but I, I think Steph, you know, it's the, the one thing that comes to mind is, is just the biggest learning is to just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And, you know, as, as much as it can be various things, I think if, you, if, you, if I can just throw that one point across there, but I always done the right thing has always kept me in good stead. It's kept me respected in the industry, even if it means walking away from something that you could potentially benefit financially. If it's not the right thing, walk away and leave money on the table. It's okay. And I think that's what's kept me in good stead over the years. I'm not here to blame my own trumpet, but I like to think I'm pretty respected in the industry uh, because I've always believed in operating that way. Just do the right thing and treat people well. Yeah, and um, look, there's, there's no two ways about it. You're very um, very well respected and, and and probably further than you think. In, in your industry, I mean, many people know you, James, and, and, and you are a reference point for, um, again, exactly what you just shared, doing the right thing. Because... Um, you would agree, you know, getting to the top. If you're walking, if you're walking on people to get there, at some point you'll end up being on your own and being really lonely. And it does come around big time, doesn't it? The oh. uh, the boomerang of uh, you know abusing people to get there. Oh, a hundred percent. I think you know you and I have spoken about this on many occasions, and you know you look back now, you know in some in some instances where you know people have done the wrong thing by people, and it just comes back to haunt you. You know, you just you, you cannot do the wrong thing. Yeah, good on you, mate. Um, what are you most proud of in your life? And, and what would you say is your number one legacy? What are you most I'm proud, proud of? of? My family, mate. My two beautiful girls. Um, they are my biggest achievement. My gorgeous wife. I'm very blessed to have a lovely wife in my, in my life. And, and my, our kids, by far, like my two biggest achievements. Uh, and my legacy, mate, is to always is to be remembered to, to, to be the fact that I always put people first. You know, that um, I, I've never put money over people. I, I just, I get, I, I care too much about people. So that's, that's really my, my legacy. And, um, okay, so you care, you, I mean, the family's a beautiful thing and I love the fact that you went there first and um, that, that is for, for many, you know, um, particularly um, hardworking people and regardless whether you're an owner or a leader or anything, I mean, hardworking people and family being first, it's a huge, it's a huge barometer for life success and and, and life stability. So I'm really, sure. really, really, really glad to hear you say that and uh, hear it in in your words. But the but the second bit, you know, when you think about legacy and caring about people, 
when you think about how many people you have helped on the journey and helped on the journey without necessarily, you know, you owe me one, which is your style, James. I mean, your style is you reach out, you help. Um, you know, if you, if you were to answer that question again, your number one legacy in being people first, what, what, what do you... What do you hear about, if you're a fly listening to what people say about you, and I know this is an interesting question, right? So do your best. Yeah. If you're a fly in a room listening to what people say about you as it relates to people first, what is it that you think they're saying about you? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I think they're probably saying that he, 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 he does what he says and he means what he says. Um, you know, over the years, just some of the feedback I've been receiving is that I've, I've always been that shoulder for people to cry on. I genuinely care. I, I genuinely walk around, you know, the business environment, not just business, but also colleagues uh, outside work, you know, looking for dark clouds over people's heads, you know, looking to see what's bothering them. I mean, having that EQ, that, that ability to be able to connect with people on an emotional level, I think is a gift. Um, but people do say that, you know, um, I've always been one that can count on if things aren't going well. Um, that I do ring and try to connect with people on, a, on an authentic level. That it's not a front that I'm putting on because I have to, because I'm a leader. I genuinely care about people. You've known me, Steph. You know we've had some, um, we've all had tough times in our life. But recently, you, you know, you, you know, we had a, a death in the family, and you know that's just okay. We do that for our family, regardless. But you've got to be there for people who, who need that help and support. And I think for me personally, we don't know what people are suffering behind the scenes. I think to be able to to be able to read people's body language that they are hurting in some shape or form, something's upset them, some, something's thrown them off their game. To take the time to actually care, to walk around the office when I am at the office, to, to try to tune into how people are feeling. I think that's a, a very, very important quality that a leader needs to have today to show your staff that don't just tell them you care, you need to show people that you genuinely care. Yeah, and, and, and no two ways about it. Many of your customers as well who have gone on to become lifelong friends and, 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 and continue to refer and or come back and do business with you is also a testament to that exact, um, you know, that, that care factor that you uh, possess. If you could go back to tell your 17-year-old self three things, what would they be? <laughs> um I was thinking about this one last night. I want to tell myself. Um, and I think, in all seriousness, I think at 17, Steph, um, it's okay, first and foremost, not to have not to have it worked out. I mean, I think most adults don't even have it worked out yet, let alone kids at 17, 18. And I'd say to myself, it's okay if you don't know what to do at this point in time. As long as you're continuously trying to find your passion, your love, your calling, just keep on trying to do something you genuinely love. Uh, I think I'd say that because I think kids today have this pressure that they've got to have it worked out by 17, 18 years of age. And I think that's it's wrong for kids to have that unnecessary pressure. I'm not saying sit in your bum and do nothing, James, but I'd say it's okay if you haven't worked out, but try to find your passion and then stick with it and give it everything you've got. I think that's the first thing. Um, second thing I'd say to myself is start to save your money early. Invest your money early. Just get on a proper saving plan and put money aside 
So by the time you turn 25 to you know, 25, 26, you've got a decent deposit aside to go and buy yourself a property. So to understand financial literacy early, I think is very important. I think that's where the education system fails us, but that's a whole new story. Um, doesn't teach kids about the financial literacy. And the third thing is uh, to never compare yourself to anybody else. Don't get caught up in comparing your journey to your mate's journey or someone else's journey. And don't get, especially nowadays, I mean, okay, we never had social media back when I was 17, but I think today kids get caught up in this digital world where it's just make-believe. And I think the unnecessary pressure they put on themselves by comparing their journey to someone else's journey is just, is just sad. So focus on their own journey, save early, and continue experimenting until you find what you love and then just give it everything you've got. Don't do it just for the money. Do it because you love doing what you want to do and the money will come. Yeah, beautiful. Great words of wisdom. Uh, if you could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do and why? Um, what I do? Mate, I've always, look, I've always had you know, a wild imagination as to what I wanted to do. I think some of my passions in life have always been developing. Um, in the property game, I've always been on the selling side of it. I wouldn't mind develop uh, going forward in the future. One of the things I've always wanted to get involved with is to, is to create a facility to, to teach kids, Steph, um, um, about self-confidence and self-awareness, you know, an environment where kids can come to, especially in today's day and age, mate, where there's so much, you know, mental uh, health issues going on um, in, a, in, a, in our environment. Um, and I'm not quite sure if the right facility, I'm not saying that there's, I'm sure there's doctors that can treat all this sort of stuff, but, but to be able to create a facility where kids can go and help build their self-confidence and help them build their self-awareness to be able to understand that, you know, as I did before, some kids haven't got it worked out. Other kids have had other more unprivileged situations, but that's something I've always been keen to do, but it takes time and money and the right people to put it together. Um, and also to be able to travel and just experience different experiences around the world. I mean, we all love to travel, but I think that with COVID-19, I don't think we're gonna be traveling anytime soon. Um, but they're my three things that I've always wanted to do if I could remove all barriers and constraints. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you don't realize how important something is until it's actually taken away from you. And, and, and the whole travel and, and the, uh, the adventure uh, as it relates to travel and the world as it relates to travel and just the freedom of movement as it relates to travel. You know, 2020 would be a reference point as to, you know, as human beings, how we uh, uh, have been constrained, have been literally forced to do things very differently. And, and it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to, uh, to witness how people either go back to the way they were or do it in a much more sensitive and perhaps um, 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 different sort of way, you know, not take things for granted. So interesting when we um, when we talk about removal barriers and constraints, what project would you do and why? Um, I think that's a great question as it relates to COVID and what that's really forced us or taken away from us. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, to be, to be, no matter where, where you are in the world, you are affected in one way or another. And certainly um, there's constraints um, that have been forced upon us or, 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 or uh, you know, it's a new way of living and, and, and we're all adjusting and we're all pivoting. Mm. But, um, you know, the, the ability to help children and self-confidence, I, I, I think the self-awareness one is a real, 
I think that one is the one. Mm. Confidence, confidence, in my opinion, comes from awareness, the ability to 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 live a life where no judgment, mm. just curiosity. Absolutely. And the ability to to um, not so much get it right first time, but continuously learn. Um, so I, lo I love where you went with that um, in terms of what would you do if you could. Mm. And, um, yeah, well done on that. What's the biggest surprise you've had in business or life and why? What's the biggest surprise? Um, so I think the biggest surprise I had, mate, was um, when my – uh, business partnership four years ago um, fell apart with Max Business Partner. I think that was that was my biggest surprise because I never saw it coming. And I think um, if I can talk openly about that, it, it is a sensitive subject, but I think it's one that, as you know, mate, you've known me for a long time. And you know, when you give something 150%, and then you know it comes to an end, um, I never saw it coming. And as a result of that, it, it, it threw me completely off my rails. But now looking back, I gotta say, mate, um, it was the biggest blessing in disguise. And just there were so many people that said to me at the time that, as much as it's hard for you to realise it now, you'll look back in years to come and you'll thank God that this happened for a reason. And you can't see it at the time, mate. Obviously, because you had so much, you know, uh, you're suffering so much pain and anger and all those different emotions. But now looking back, it was it was a blessing in disguise. So that was the biggest surprise for me because I never I never saw that coming. And, and and in saying that, thank, thank you for being um, honest there, James. And, you know, a partnership split, whether it's business or life, uh, when you don't see it coming, there'll be there'll be plenty of questions that you ask of yourself. There'll be a lot of, uh, I guess, um, you know, discovery. There'll be plenty of uh, moments of self-reflection. Mm. If you could, uh, again, again, just on that, without, um, you know, again, you... You've certainly gone there and you've shared that now. Um, if there are three things now that you look back, you know, 48 months ago and the journey since, if, there, if there's one, two or three things you could help um, others that perhaps are in a relationship, a partnership, business and or life, how do you, um, what do you recommend so no one is blindsided? How is it that you could have prevented being blindsided? I don't, look, I don't think I could have prevented being blindsided, but I mean, let's dissect this for a second. I think, um, I think when you're in a relationship, you know, whether it be business or personal, and you you come to work every day and you think everything's hunky dory, it's a bit like a marriage, if you like, a professional professional marriage. You know, it goes to show you that if you take your eye off the ball, if you put too much trust. And you don't sort of, you know, I mean, it's only natural to put trust in your partner. It's so different to if you're flying a plane and we're both flying a jumbo A380 and you're my co-pilot and I'm flying the plane with you. I shouldn't have to check on you every two seconds because we're there for a reason to fly a plane. And we both bring an element of skill to the table that we're there to do a job. We've got 400 passengers behind us. And if I have to check up on you every 30 seconds, then something's wrong. So I think, you know, I was on my journey. He was on his journey. And I think sometimes, I think, you know, these things happen, I get it. It's like divorces happen, I understand that. Um, but because I was on a, on, a, on a great trajectory and the business was going well, and for that to sort of happen so suddenly, did I see it coming? Uh, probably the last 12 months of an eight year partnership, I could see the cracks, if you like, and that's what made my alarm bells ring. So what tips would I give people, if you like? 
I think the first thing is, I was asked this question a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, I, I, first and foremost, make sure that you get into business with someone for the right reasons, not just for the money. That's the first thing. Um, second thing is um, understand who your partners are. Again, don't get into business with people just for the money. Truly understand who they are and what value they bring to the business. And the third thing is um, to get the proper legal advice. I thank God every day that, you know, it staggers me, by the way, Stefan, how many people enter business arrangements and handshake agreements or they don't do the proper DD, the legal DD, they don't get the proper legal advice. Um, and I was told many, many years ago by a mate of mine, who's the James, who'd done very well in business. He said, when you go to the table to become business partners, go to the table mentally as though you're enemies. Cross your T's, dot your I's, because everybody gets married, but people get divorced. So make sure that you know you covered your bum that way too. So so there are the right trigger, the trigger, uh, the right triggers are in place that if you have to get out of a partnership agreement, you are protected. There is a course of action you can take to make sure that you know you prevent future problems. The unfortunate thing is that in some cases, like in my case, it did trigger a legal battle. Again, in 48 years at the time, I never expected that. But I thank God every day that I had, I had the right measures in place to protect me to make sure that I get out of it okay. So am I against partnerships? No, not at all. It's like I'm not, I'm not against marriages and marriages fail. Every, what, what are the stats now? One in three marriages fail. It doesn't mean you don't get married. It just means you've got to find the right partners. And if you find the right partners, there's power in numbers. Yeah, no, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Really, really good. Uh, do you have any secret routines that help you stay productive? Um, not really a secret routine, Steph. Again, I, I, I try to work to a, my personal routine. I think, um, you know, I try to get a good night's sleep. Um, I have a to-do list. Um, I wake up early um, uh, with a great attitude, with a great mindset. I think mindset is a very, very important thing. My, my biggest asset is my, is my mindset. You know, I, um, I'm a natural-born optimist. Uh, that isn't a dreamer, but I am a natural-born optimist. I, I, I I get up in the morning every day and try to make them try to get the, the most out of the day. You know, I worked out to do list. I watch a, a, a positive video of some sort just to fire me up to keep myself on focus. Um, I read my personal goals every day to make sure I'm on track. And, you know, I have big bold goals and I have you know little small achievable goals, but every goal is important. So every day, you know, I get up in the morning, I thank God I woke up and I say, okay, here's another day, another day to chip away, another day to build on the dream. It's it's up here. Yeah, and um, as it relates to your personal development and your personal, I guess, uh, you know, hygiene, as it relates to your mindset, um, what are one or two recent um, books or videos or or um, learnings that, that you would like to share, if any? Um, two books that I'm reading at the moment, well, two books that I've read. This is one of them, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And, and awesome. why, would you recommend, why would you recommend that one right now? It talks more about um, business, business and leadership in general. That, yeah, that that business is an infinite game. It, it isn't just a, it isn't a destination. It's continuous. It doesn't stop. So um, something that I've always felt passionate about over the years about culture. It's about you know inspiring a team to continue going even even after you're gone. You know it's it's a never ending game. So how are you going to evolve and how are you going to change and adapt to a, to, to, a, to a changing environment? Um, but a great read by the way. It's a really good read. Um, and the other one that I'm reading at the moment was, well, there's a, this one here is a, is a great one, Gary Vee. I, I love Gary Vee. It's more about understanding 
the digital landscape and how social media is is obviously changing the world forever um, and understanding how to make it your friend and how to adapt your model and, and also how to promote yourself as a product on social media, understanding the digital platforms. So the name of that book was uh, The Crush, Crushing It from Gary V. Crushing It. Yeah, only because we're on a podcast and not everyone's going to see that, mate. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. So, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, mate, um, so I'm going to ask this question two ways and, and you get to choose which way you wish to answer, right? So yeah. what's been your biggest failure in the last year and why do you think that happened? Or what's been your biggest learning in the last year and why do you think that happened? Uh, probably more learning than failure. Um, the learning side of it is more about the, the ability to adapt to pivot quickly. Um, you know, look, I, I always knew, Steph, that five years ago when I when I separated from my ex-business partner, that the industry was changing rapidly and I could see how fast the digital landscape was changing and affecting our businesses. And when I was sharing this with other people back then, I was saying, you know, sure, no worries at all, mate. You know, we're, we're still kicking ass and we'll be fine. But what they couldn't see is, um, or what they chose not to see, was how quickly the digital landscape was changing and, and was going to affect our businesses. And the biggest learning curve for me was the ability to, to pivot quickly, to adapt fast um, to, to this changing environment, to this new COVID world that we are living in. And I think going forward, post-COVID, um, what we've seen globally is those who have failed to adapt uh, are gone. You have to move quickly. And um, I mean, recently you were invited to a, a significant outfit in, uh, in LA in, in the US and you're asked to uh, present um, to, a, to a real estate agency there. And, 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 and what are they doing over there? Just out of, as a point of um, reference, what, what's the West Coast of the US doing? Um, and, and how is it that you shed some lights and, and some, some, you know, the new way of doing business to them? Um, recently, you were a guest there, and what did you share with that team in the on the west coast of the US? That was more about um, how we were adapting our our model um, to suit, um, I guess, the the industry going forward because of the um, the cost of running our businesses. That, that was that was part of the conversation and how we've adapted to working remotely. That was part of it, and the other part of it was more about the the disciplines and the day to day routines that I apply to you know my day to day. Um, um, goals, if you like, um, you know, I, I try to sort of um, teach some of these guys, if I can use that word, teach, um, to help them understand that I'm at a different stage in my career right now. So sometimes you get guys and girls who think if you're not writing the figures that you once were, that they think, well, how can you teach me something? And I had to sort of help them understand that don't, don't look at me where I am today, look at the path that I've traveled, the journey that I've come on, and what I can teach you. And I have to say this to these guys in LA that, you know, Roger Federer, his coach doesn't need him to how to hit a tennis ball, but his coach keeps him focused on his game because his coach has got wealth and wisdom when it comes to the game of tennis. So I'm at a different stage right now, building a new business now again with the Artega Group. Um, and I'm glad to say we've, we've survived one of the toughest markets I've ever seen. So teaching these people about routines, disciplines, attitudes, mindset, energy, all that sort of stuff is what is what the whole meeting was about. Yeah, no, brilliant. And, and, and you know, when you think about um, not only the last 12 months, specifically 2020 for many 
industries. I mean, the property, the property in the real estate industry globally, in one way or another, has been impacted. However, if you're in the top 1%, if you're in the top 5%, if you're in the top 10%, which is all at the top end of um, um, something called attitude, um, you will attract what you deserve. There's no two ways about it. And, and this is for any industry. So, you know, when I, when I review and reflect, you know, there is no one, absolutely no one. Actually, there might be a few people in, in Asia that might have known that there was an issue on Christmas Day 2019. But everyone else, and I'm talking about 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world, had no idea about what 2020 was going to deliver other than it was going to be a bloody good year, right? Because there was a lot of indicators in the world economies that suggested it was going to be a good year. And before we knew it, we were into this tornado and, uh, and craziness called COVID and, and what have you. And... Um, to be reflecting, looking back right now, you know, eight, nine, ten months of what has been an extreme forced pivot. Um, it's been simply stunning to see how humans and, and leaders and and I'm talking across all spectrums have um, you know raised raised the bar and got on with it and and they're making an opportunity something out of nothing. Let's call it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and sometimes you need to break away from the way it was. Some of what, sometimes you need to break down what what changes. Hundred percent. Change, change is good, Steph. And I think you know, with every uh, with every bad situation, there's always a silver lining. And I think you know, we just have to look at you know where where things are going. Um, you know, if you, there's an old saying, if you hate change, you're going to hate extinction even worse. So yeah, you know, you've got to learn to change and adapt. And. Uh, in saying that, what makes you feel inspired? Or, or, or what is it that you like about your best self? Obviously, you're a positive guy. You're, pro, you're proactive. You're fairly in tune with your emotional intelligence. But what is it? What is it that makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I think just the, the, just the, thrill, the, the thrill of um, working towards the goals that I'm trying to achieve. I, I think it's... it's being a natural born optimist, man, and being highly driven naturally um, is what I love about myself is that, that, I, that you know, I, I do love to set big goals, you know, getting naturally inspired and naturally driven because of the, not only the, the potential of what my business that I'm building at the moment can achieve, but also that the untapped potential of what I personally can achieve. And I think um, just just not knowing where this could go um, ultimately is what inspires me. You know, that there's no limit um, to where this could go. You know, it's just just enjoying the journey. And just on that, James, you know, with goal setting and um, aspirational journey and upwards and, 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 you know, there's always going to be some learnings and a bump on the road, as you've shared thus far in this, uh, in, in this interview. But, you know, when it comes to goal setting and 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 goal uh, goal actualization, um, how do you cope? How do you cope? How do you deal with? Okay, we're aiming for it. We didn't exactly hit it. There was a gap. We, we've had a miss. How do you deal? Being a you know, yes, you're uh, you're, you're blessed with um, many many years of experience in your in your craft. But how do you how do you personally deal with a miss? Um, the, the, the goal is bigger than the loss. 
So by that I mean you can't you can't um, sit back and dwell on the fact that you you missed your your KPI because then I ask myself I said I might well how important is the goal? If the goal is more important than the loss, then you got to just keep on going, and as long as you've progressed. Uh, as to, to a certain level from where you were before to where you got to and you fall short, well, it's okay. Because ultimately the good news is that you now know where you need to improve to hit your KPI, to hit your goal going forward. And I think that's just life's way of testing us on how bad do we really want that goal. Um, sometimes I believe everything happens for a reason. I think sometimes we're not quite ready yet. Maybe we oversaw something. Maybe we missed something that we weren't really prepared for. But I think overall... Again, if I can use the analogy, it's a bit like if a, if a if a if a fighter who's trying to win a title fight gets knocked out in his first round, does it mean that he gives up on his dream of becoming a, a world a world title fighter? No, you, you learn from that. You got to go back and say, "Okay, I'll drop my guard. I got to go back and now keep my guard up." And they say, "Look, what my opponent's like." But the title fight has to be far more important than the the, the fact that he got knocked out. You know, because that's going to happen. Life is going to hit you hard. But the point is that life isn't a straight run. It's up and down, side to side. It's, you know, you're going to get hit. You're going to get pushed. But you, you know, you've got to stay determined. You've got to stay focused. You've got to stay resilient. And you've got to keep on going and going. And life will hit you. But you've got to get up and just keep on going again. And that's what keeps on driving me. That's what keeps me going. I mean, the, the goal of building this business and getting it to where I want it to get, I'm climbing this mountain now. And you've heard me say this before. I'm climbing a mountain and my competitors don't want me up there. They're throwing all sorts of shit at me to keep me down there. But I'm saying, mate, is that all you got? Yeah, you got me on one, but I'm coming after you. So they're worried about the, the mountain cr- crumbling from beneath their feet. And I'm just dodging a few rocks, but I'm coming. And that's okay if I get hit. It's okay. It's all part of the process. You are going to get hit. But you just got to keep on going. That's what inspires me. That's a beautiful answer, man. I love that. And uh, just a couple of words on mentorship and mentoring and, and surrounding yourself with, uh, you know, Whatever you want to reference to that, but but what are your views? What's your uh, what's your I guess you know your 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 your, your twenty words or less on receiving and or being in the presence of uh, mentors? Critical, 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 critical. I mean, it's uh, it's important to have a mentor, a team of mentors you can refer to who have walked the path before you. And they can share that journey with you as to what to prepare. And again, I'm using this as an example with my own team now. I've walked the path. I know where I'm going. I'm now coming back to bring you guys and girls with me. I know what to expect. The question is, do you have what it takes? Are you going to be able to be able to put up with the hits, the punches, the pushes to be able to walk this journey? You know, there's a great program now playing on Channel 10 Monday nights, SAS Australia. Awesome program because to show you how many people they're putting through this process, this military program, to see how many of them are actually going to make it. They're going to push you to the nth degree. So I say to my guys and girls, life is going to be tough. This business ride is going to be tough. Having those mentors in your life, I had them in my early in my early career, um, played a very important part to, to, to setting me to setting the course for me mentally. Yeah, beautiful, good work. Um, if you could have a dinner party with just three people, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Um, again, interesting question. Um, I think Nelson Mandela would be an interesting guy to have at the table. I think given what he did, uh, spending 27 years behind bars for what he believed in civil rights and all sort of jazz, I think it'd be a fascinating bloke to, to, to have at your table. Um, to be able to put up with what he put up with, to be locked away, to come out and did and, and achieve what he achieved is uh, no big feat. Uh, no, an absolute 
um, legend of a bloke. Um, uh, the second guy I'd love to uh, have at the table would be Richard Branson. Always been fascinated with what he's done in business and how he's built that the, the Virgin brand. Um, you know, in terms of business perspective, his journey has been fascinating, and um, you know, one that I've always admired. And uh, Robin Williams, mate, for the laughs. I think Robin Williams would be an absolute crack up to have at the table. Okay. The late and great Robin Williams. Ah, uh, very cool, man. That's a that's a fairly uh, that's a great little uh, lineup there, and uh, that would be an amazing dinner party. If I can help you unwind, this is a reflective question, right? So again, it doesn't have to be heavy. However, if I can help you unwind three financial decisions in your life, how much more money would you have right now? Um, yeah, interesting question. Um, I think you know. I think if you could, if if I could have, as a younger guy, planned my investment process better, I think if I'd made some wiser choices around that back then, as opposed to now, I reckon I'd probably have a couple of mil um, extra. You know, if I'd planned that more carefully. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I think as a as a 17, 18, 21, 22, 23 year old. You know, if I'd made smarter decisions back then about understanding money better at that early stage of my life, um, instead of going out and enjoying it the way most guys and girls do, um, I think in net worth, if I invested a lot of that money into property and put a proper, a proper investment plan in place, comfortably, minimum a couple of mil um, you know, in terms of asset worth. Yeah, cool. If not more. And no doubt you did a bit of holidaying and fun things when you were younger, which is all good. But um... you know what it is, Steph? I think we don't, you know when we're 18, 19, 20, mate, 50 year olds look like it's a, it's it's miles away. And then I remember back in the day, one of my mentors said to me, James, let me tell you something, son, you're 21 today. You're going to blink your eyes, you're going to be 30. You're going to blink your eyes, you're going to be 40. You're going to blink your eyes, you're going to be 50. And I look, I'm turning 50 in November. And, mate, I I now look back and think, where the hell did 30, 40 years go? Where did it go? It's just like that. It's gone. And you think, my God, they're right. It just goes fast. So understanding understanding finances at an earlier age, I'm not saying, you know, in-depth finance, but understand how money works at an early age is critical. Yeah, beautiful. Great work. And uh, what what is the best advice you've ever been given and why? My dad. My dad gave me the best advice as a youngster, as simple as it sounds, and it went along the lines of, James, if you have an easy life now, you're going to have a hard life later. If you have a hard life now, you can then have an easy life later. Something to think about. And it just, bang, just stuck in my head forever. Yeah, what a... It's amazing, those... Uh, those pearls of wisdom from our elders and obviously your father and there's so many um so much perspective in those in those few words i love that and um james i guess you know you're you're turning 50 in november which is an awesome 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 um milestone an unbelievable milestone and um you know there's plenty of upside for you you're a healthy very uh, young in the mind and young in the body um, 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 chap. And, you know, in Australia, we get to live on average 4,264 weeks if you're a male. That that makes it 82 years old. Mm. And, um, 
you've still got 1,600 weeks if you were just going to do average, mate, which I know you're going to do more than average. Um, wow, what, what an upside as to what you and the wealth of knowledge and experience um, have as it relates to the next 1,500 weeks. And, and uh, power to you, my friend. I want to thank you for being here and, and sharing your story. And um, no two ways about it. You are totally invested in your uh, in your craft. You 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 reach out and you help so many in your industry. Some of them would, would be competitors, yet you do the right thing and you look out for everyone and you are very accessible, mate. Um, for uh, for those in in the real estate industry, you've joined a uh, an amazing brand and an amazing. Um, um, top shelf brand at that, which plays with, um, you know, plays at the highest um, level. And um, you, you, you've made what is top level very accessible for everyone else. I congratulate you. you on your journey thus far. And, and we look forward to seeing um, what your future has for you and beyond. Um, thank, you, thank you so much for being here. James Hedzolas, RT Edgar, a, a great Australian story in the making and um, power to you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Can I say something for you too, mate? You've been an awesome friend, and more importantly, you've been uh, one of my closest um, uh, mates over the years. And uh, I think what you do for business and how you've helped a lot of people, um, I'm here with some some things out there that you're doing for people. You help, you've helped them turn their businesses around. So hats off to you too, mate. Awesome job. Well done. Thank you, James. Appreciate that. And uh, have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too, mate. All the best, guys. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.